0: Salam and hello. Welcome to Uproot. My name is Lily ella Piper and thank you for tuning in today. Well, if you've been tuning in this week, last week, you heard me talk about my new series, All I Want for Christmas. And all I want for Christmas this year in the midst of a pandemic, job loss, global political movements, all I want this year are things that no one can buy, but they are things that we can create. So last week, my friend, Julie Githiri Goko, talked about how we can get mental health, better mental health during this holiday season. And today, all I want for Christmas is human rights. If you listen to Uproot, you know that my three themes are joy, justice, and resilience. Last week, we honed in on how to be more resilient. And this week, we can't ever escape why justice is just as important during this time of year as any other. And I am just delighted that my friend Jerry Mwangi is joining me today. And in fact, it's Human Rights Day. I didn't know that until I got to record this podcast, but I am so delighted. It seems like a serendipitous timing that we are recording this episode on Human Rights Day. So, Jerry is the co founder of PAWA 254, Nairobi's first unique social enterprise that uses art for social change. Jerry is also an organizer. She's the organizer of the only street festival in the region, PAWA Festival, which started in 2015, as well as organizing the annual Kenya Photography Awards and the World Press Photo Exhibition. Jerry is more than an organizer, she's also an activist and a human rights defender. She's passionate about family and women and youth empowerment and fights against corruption and impunity in Kenya. She has traveled across the country to engage youth and get them involved in social change. But she's also a mother and a daughter and a proud citizen of this country. And together with her husband, Boniface Mwangi, they're the recent stars of a documentary film, Softy. Softie tells the story of the Mwangi family during Boniface's campaign in 2017, as well as giving us a deep dive in why human rights defense and getting involved for social change is so critically important, no matter where we are in the globe. Softy premiered at Sundance, is the winner of the Best Documentary at the Durban International Film Festival in South Africa, and you can now watch Softie. It is available on softythefilm.com forward slash watch. For a limited time, you can watch the film and you will love it. I highly recommend you watch it. And on today, Human Rights Day, which happens to be just the perfect time, I am delighted to welcome my friend Jerry Mwangi to Uproot. Enjoy. Karibu sana.
1: Now, oh, Asante Sana, I'm like, oh, I'd like to meet this person. It sounds like, oh my it's gosh, you. is that me? <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Thank, you. That's Thank you so it. much for having me. No, it is such a
0: delight to have you. And and we have met a year ago. I really didn't know you at all. I had been to Power 254. It actually recorded Uproot at 254. Did I tell you that?
1: Oh, No, you yes. didn't.
0: One of my episodes oh, wow. um, about the African-American experience in Africa was recorded at Power. Oh wow! Oh, yes, so I love that space and I remember walking in and thinking it felt like home in so many ways between the art, the passion for the continent, it's such a Pan-African space. Anyway, I just loved being there so it's just a delight to have you here because we met through the Datasphere Network last year and yeah, have, yeah. have stayed in touch. So Jerry, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family and the work that you've been doing here in Kenya for the last many years.
1: So wow, you're introduction kind of uh, wrapped it up together but uh, so my name is Njeri Mongi and I have been working with Power 254 which we established with my husband. Uh, Power is an art space that brings together creatives and artists to do work for social change so everything that is created is created towards gearing um, empowering and changing people's mindsets and just getting them to stand up for what is right and fight for what is right and uh, um, demand for accountability. And we've been working from there since 2011 um, up until now. Well, unfortunately, we folded that place you'd been to, Lily. Yes, I heard. And we're in a different place now. Uh, We're trying to develop it to be just as robust and as dynamic as the other place was. And, of course, that's another uphill task. But, you know, we'll get there. The power is in our hearts. It's not just a physical space. It's a community And it sounds very much like you're part of that community. I'm also a mother of three children, um, an activist. We have been, together with my husband, working towards trying to get a lot of Kenyans to see that, to give power to the people because governments uh, should be run by the people and not just individuals, because if we do so, then we are able to get what the people need and deliver services to these people because they say what they need, and these services are delivered to the people by the people through the government. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's it's the government is a set of people the way um, it operates in this region. The government is a set of you know cronies and buddies who uh, use public money to do what they please and whatever they want to do. And this is something that we we're trying to change and get uh, not just Kenyans but uh, citizens of the world really to rise up and demand for this. And if whatever we do here in Kenya helps bring that change in any other part of the world, then you know go all out and get what uh, the people deserve. I'm also a road safety ambassador. Uh, we rode with the Throttle Queens uh, last year from Nairobi through Uganda into Kigali, You're just kidding. trying to. Oh yeah, we did. You rode a crazy. motorcycle. We rode a motorcycle. Well, awesome. we all rode motorcycles, and we were six of us, and it was wow. Ah, I think one of the craziest things I've ever done. One of the craziest things. <laughs> uh, it was quite exciting because talking to people about the importance of we, the roads that we have in, in this part of the world, especially again because of um, you know how money is spent in our countries. Uh, the roads are not up to par the way they should be. So we we rode to just tell people that we need to share these roads, whatever roads we have, however bad they are, that the way we present ourselves on the road needs to change because there's a lot of deaths on our roads and most of these are avoidable. So it was a crazy trip. It was amazing. And we Mm -hmm. talked to a lot of people and hopefully there are some changes, um, even as we see in Kenya, the roads that are being built, there's some pedestrian walks, there's some cyclist paths. And... Uh, something is happening something's happening incredible I, I, that is just I, I don't know how you had
0: time to do that uh your mother of four your mother of three whoa maybe I'm yeah, prophesying three. here oh, three,
1: three. no no no, no, no! Oh, <laughs> no, no! you don't want that I'm happy with my three well I'm, you said it in the film many. you're a mother I'm of a many. mother of many uh, yes. but I have three biological children <laughs>
0: Well, I was just gonna say, I don't know how you do it between that and then taking this incredible trip to raise awareness about yet another issue. Absolutely amazing. So Jerry, this, this uh, series that I'm in is, has a theme of all I want for Christmas. And as I've thought about this year and how hard it has been, you know, the things on my Christmas list are, are not things, in fact, you know, so last week I talked with my friend, Julie Githiri Goko about what I want is peace of mind. And we talked about mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that's, something I want is human rights. Um, I'm also an activist and I've been thinking about you know how do we keep human rights at the forefront of what we think about what we do even in this context of a pandemic. So tell me what does human rights mean to you Jerry and, and what have you seen in the last year that keeps you know makes you kind of motivated to keep human rights at the forefront of our policies and our conversations?
1: I think now more than ever, um, human, I have seen this year a lot of violations of human rights, you know, because uh, like earlier in the year, for me, when the Korogosho slums, when, you know, they were disrupted and the place was, they were told that it's public property and they were chased out of their homes in the middle of the night in the rain with nowhere to go. I was like, that's outright violation. It may be government property, but it was not the time to do that, you know, to evict yeah. people from their homes in that kind of state. And for me, that was a violation that, um, you know, just passed. Yeah. Mm. And people, Kenyan swung into action and did what they could to help those people with food, with clothes, um, some some of them even a place to stay. Uh, And there's been um, more than one of that. But it's also just realizing that there's a lot of things that are going on that should not, that the government, our government has not stepped up to protect people. If anything, there's been, with the the curfews, there's been a lot of police harassment, there's been a lot of executions, there's been a lot of brutal force, you know. Um, These things are just going on and, you know, the government is not saying or doing anything about those. And all these violations keep happening and yet these Kenyans feel like we're just being squashed in and pushed in. Mm -hmm. um, And I don't know what it'll take to give to that. Yeah. And then recently I did a story with BBC, again, violation of children. Yeah. Uh, babies being stolen again, and the watch of the government because the government has all the resources and machinery to see an end to these things, to en- to ensure that these things are not happening. But like I said in the beginning, that government is, has become a clique of people that want to do what serves them and not the people. So again, I have, just seen a lot of violations, um, I think this year more than ever, mm-hmm. maybe I 've also become even more aware because you see the struggle of people around you. you hear it, even with people that you work with, people that live near you, you see that struggle and you see where the violations are coming from, but also gets me to ask what we need to do
0: absolutely I think and we 're going to come to that what we need to do. We'll, that will be the highlight of our conversation, I think you know you make an interesting point that perhaps because of the nature of the pandemic and the new curfews the new rules and maybe yeah. hopefully many of us are more aware of human rights violations and the so. things happening in our in our backyard in our neighborhoods yeah. in our communities maybe more than we were before so tell me and jerry you know there is this sense of sometimes helplessness you know you see something and you think what do i how can i help tell me a little bit about you know, how you got started in human rights work and what are the ways that average people can get involved to respond to some of these human rights situations that you've alluded to? So two parts, how you started and then what we can do, yeah.
1: So let me start with how we started. We started with Power 254, um, actually it was Mtani. It was a photo exhibition that we took across the country. And what it was, it was about the uh, post-election violence. The purpose of that exhibition was to take to take it around the country to show people what we had done to each other in the name of, you know, uh, ethnic politics. But then, when people saw these images of themselves and of their communities, to vow to never resort to this kind of discussion, you know, or mm-hmm. conversation, because we killed each other, we fought each other, we maimed each other. People lost lives, people lost property, people uh, were raped. Yeah. And when people saw these images, we had a tent where people took a vow and pledged to never turn to that kind of um, resort. And then we had another tent where people just came and there was, we provided counseling uh, for people who had been running since and had never been able to look back and had never had a chance to cry about their loss, whatever mm. nature their loss was. And so we took that ar- around the country and then we thought, if photos have the power to do what that exhibition did, what if we brought in all these arts and see what we could do with that? So bring in the music, bring in the graffiti, bring in, um, theater. And we did that. And we did so much work in, in the beginning of, a, of, a, of, our during our formation at that time. And there was such great impact. There was very positive, um, positive vibes and people were connecting and people were talking about what's happening and they were becoming conscious and they were becoming aware and they were talking more about what, you know, it created, a mm-hmm. uh, platform, a form of expression that people could talk about what they're dealing with and through, in a very artistic way. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that was very empowering. So that's what we started with. And that's what we decided that we, we're going to give, uh, we're going to help empower the public through the arts because people consume arts in very different ways. We dance to it. You know, we go and yeah. we, we sit with our families and watch a movie. And then you learn something even with your kids. So So let me ask you, did did you
0: know that's what you were doing? Did you know that you're now a human rights activist through that work? Because it almost sounds like you thought we need to share a story. And as a result of that story, here you are, you know, organizing people and communities.
1: I don't know if I thought of myself as that at the time. I think I have come to accept that more now than I did before. Also because my husband was in the limelight and I was doing a very back role including taking care of the family and taking care of him when he was struggling mm-hmm. with, you know, being on the front line. So I did not really consider myself as such. And I guess also people never see where there's an invisible yeah. force that is, that is who we are. Yeah. Right, right. And, and, and so because we're an invisible force, we are not termed and we're not seen the way the front line people are seen. I mean, understandably so.
0: But, you know, I think that, that that in some ways answers my second question about how do average people get involved, because not everybody needs to be at the front. There There's a part to play for all of us. And so whether yeah. it's raising children who are just and who are oriented towards taking care of other kids at school and asking, you know, stopping bullying or whether it's, yeah. you know, supporting being supporting through finances or, or time other people who have these, you know, maybe, you know, different kind of roles. I think all of those roles matter, all of them together create a movement you
1: know i think it's it's the word activist has been coined to mean something something mm. i don't know forceful and something to avoid something but loud mean, yeah and bang and right. boisterous and bold mm. and yet is bold it takes courage to do stuff um i watched a film yesterday and it was about anger management but really it, the channel it's it's getting angry about a violation but not stopping at anger. It's the courage to do something about it so that mm. it stops making you angry. If the dog is barking outside your house because it hasn't eaten, you can ignore it only for so long. And then you that's get me. really angry, you get really pissed off because this dog <laughs> is angry. And then you decide, let me go find food and give it. And then when you give this dog food, it keeps quiet and you're like, oh, yeah. mm. that's what I needed to do. So even for us, it's as, as, as citizens or just as people, When you wonder what you can do, just look around you. You don't have to go out there and and be out in the streets. It would be nice for us to all be in the streets for some of these things, of course. But really, it's about being an active citizen and making a difference where you are as a teacher, as a doctor, as a parent, as a daughter, you know, wherever you are uh, at your place of work, you see what is not right and speak up and do something about it make a difference
0: absolutely Absolutely. no you're so right there there it's it's not ignoring things it's being present wherever you are you know the the other day I was um there was an incident uh, in my neighborhood and there was a dispute and you know in the end there were some ethnic slurs used and and I'm not a Kenyan I'm Ethiopian but Kenya has been home for 10 years and you know it was an awkward moment I was like do I have a right to say anything here and I was like absolutely I do this is my community these are my neighbors this is not okay with me and so yeah. You're right. It's doing something wherever you are. If we all did that, we would not need as much noise and the bangs yeah. by other people if everybody took care of that three or four or five people yeah. just right yeah. where they are. So, in doing this work, I imagine that there are times where you have to, you know, take a breath. Take, take a moment to, to recover, take care of yourselves. You know, tell me, how do you keep going? What gives you the motivation to go? I mean, we're going to talk in a moment about the film, which really shows the, the cost that you've paid to be a human rights activist. But what keeps you going, and Jerry? Who inspires you?
1: Who are your heroes? Well, let me first talk about who... hmm, That's a two-part question. Who are my heroes and what keeps me going? They're usually seven-part
0: questions, so you have to be Ah! patient with me. It's
1: like seven, nine-part questions. That's my style. Oh, wow. So let me me keep this two-part. So so who inspires my heroes? First of all, my my husband is my hero Mm. because he has taught me to just not stay silent about something that is going wrong. Yeah. He has a way of being loud about stuff, but he's taught me really to not, to not just stand there and just because it's not me doing it because I'm being complacent by not saying something and then speak up. Um, so he's one of my greatest heroes. But another one of my heroes is Martha, uh, not Martha, what's her name? Wangari Madhai. Mm-hmm. Wangari fought for the places that I love to go and run, the places Absolutely. that I go with my friends and family to have a picnic or to just, you know, enjoy the outdoors. And if she had not fought for those spaces, then we would not have the Uhuru Parks, you know. Um, And I really appreciate that she struggled for all that. Then someone else I really appreciate is Giuliani. His music is very phenomenal. His Mm -hmm. music gets you thinking about, you know, what is happening in society? Why is it happening? What can I do? He breaks it down to what I can do as what you were asking, just like an average citizen. So those are some of my three... The th- my three um, top most um, heroes in that well, sense. You'll have to send me some of his music. I don't think I know his oh music. Oh, my God. I, I know. I've been missing you. out. I'll you, maybe I'll even bring him to you. <gasps> would you do that?
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, yes, I would. I that would. would be fantastic. You're a, You're a good friend.
1: Then what else did you ask me? Uh, what do what I do? What keeps you going? Yeah. yeah.
0: How do you, how you take care going? of yourself? How do you Yeah. keep going? I love riding.
1: I, I'm a biker.
0: Oh, my God. my gosh. helmet. If people are not watching the YouTube version, if you're just listening, you need to go to YouTube and see Jerry's helmet. What is the purple thing on top?
1: Is that a decoration or is that a safety feature? So yes, no, it's it's just uh, when I'm on the road. Oh my gosh, uh, it's extensions. That is mm -hmm, purple extensions on the helmet. (laughs) It can be very long. So it's black, but I've I've tied it around. And you've dyed it purple. That is excellent. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. So I love (laughs) to ride. I have met so many bikers and when we are together, we are just human beings. It's not, Mm. it's not where do you work? It's not what do you do? It's not what title you are. We're just human beings and we just love riding, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's that, but I also have a network of friends um, that, you know, that keep me in the check on me that I check on. And I find that when I need something, yeah. I give what I need. Yeah. So if yeah. I need to go out on a drive, I will pick a friend who I think needs to go for a drive and take them for a drive. Because mm-hmm. when I give, I feel like my cup is refilled. I, I refill myself by giving. Absolutely. So spending time with my kids as well, just hearing the laughter, there's these are purity. Um, and yeah, I can't explain it. There's a purity about being with children. They, There's no... They're so unafraid, yeah? Absolutely. And everything is possible. And I like being with kids in that sense because everything is perfect and it's pure and it's whole. Mm. And it's, un, you know, it's all that. And that just fills me up. I'm like, I want to be... I go there to feel that when I feel like this world is so broken and falling apart. And oh my gosh. So when I do that, I spend time with kids. But then also seeing young people standing up for themselves, hearing them and seeing them. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Something is happening. We, we, don't, we don't have to stay in the front line or even if we do, we are not alone in that front line. And it's, it's encouraging and it keeps me going because then if we step away, if we move back, then we leave these people who are coming up on their own with so much to learn. Absolutely. I'm like, I want to be Absolutely. there when they crash. I want to be there when they don't, when they think it's not worth it it is worth it because they joined the movement it is worth it because they stood up that's why i am still here
0: yeah i love that because it sounds like in some ways your work itself keeps you going just and and, and making sure that yeah. work includes Young people makes space for people who are yes yeah who are up and coming. And you mentioned your kids, so maybe this is a good time to maybe shift towards the film Softy, which is the story of the Mwangi family. I mean, it is extraordinary. Congratulations! I just I watched it Thank last you. night. Um, I watched it. I cried. I, I feel like I'm about to cry now. Um, you know, so many of our heroes have gone before us. Yeah. So when you have heroes that are in your community who have given so much, it really moves you. So I was so moved by your film. Thank you. So thank you for your sacrifice and the commitment you've had to justice and to Kenya. Um, thank you, Lily. Whew, let me get myself together. Um, so take a deep breath. Yeah, I'm telling you, I should have waited a couple of days to interview you because it's, it's too fresh.
1: Yeah, it's it's very raw. Um, it, is. it is very
0: it's very honest it's very a very honest film, and your director Sam Soko, just a huge kudos to him. I sent him a message saying he treated you both with such tenderness that you couldn't help but feel so invested in your story, your work and and you I was left feeling like I'm not doing enough, I need to do more. Tell me why was it important to make this film? Why did you agree? This film starts back in 2007,
1: is it, in January or 2005? Well, when when starts, was the first filming? Oh, wow. It, it, it's a compilation of many things, but it was done over seven years. Over seven years. Yeah. So tell yeah. me, wh- why
0: was it important to do this film? Why did you agree?
1: When, why I agreed is because, like I said, we're invisible. Yet people see these frontline activists and think that they have it all together, that, you know, they you know especially my husband he's been told so many things that he's funded by the west and that he wants to topple the government and they say all these kinds of things about him but what Kenyans seem to not realize is that the things that we fight for if if there were better hospitals if our schools were equipped if our roads were better who would they serve it is we the people that these things would serve and so when people say that we are puppets of the West and that we're given money to disrupt. Well, like why would a good schools a disruption? Are good hospitals a disruption? Are good roads a disruption? And we want it to be in their face. So when Soko said that he wants to focus on the family, in as much as I was extremely hesitant in the beginning, I, for me, I said, let me let people see what we the wives and the mothers and the children of these people that you see in the front have to deal with how we live because this is who he's fighting for. This, his family is who he's fighting for, but this fight is not in the house. It has to be out there because it's the future of our children that we are fighting for. It is our own future that we are fighting for when we are older. Where are we going to live? How are we going to live? And if we're living better as a couple, if our children are living better because of what we fought for, we're not living in isolation. Yeah. We're living in in this country, and so if we win to get the things that we are fighting for for ourselves, then this country stands to gain because we don't gain it for ourselves. That road is not just our car that will pass through. That school is not just our children. That hospital, when we need it, it's not just us who will go to it. It's all of us, and so we want people to feel that it's very personal. It is very personal for us. I cannot separate the politics and the family uh, because it is the family that pushes you to go to that front line to fight for those things because then then you feel like you've given your family what you've always wanted.
0: Absolutely. You know, human rights is personal. It's human rights. It's people rights. It's mother rights, son rights, father rights, children rights. I mean, there's none of us are immune and all of us, actually benefit from that, whether yeah. you realize it or not. So yeah. let's talk about the family part. There is a very touching moment in the film where you are praying together as a family. And I am not sure which one of your children it was, because their faces are turned away from us. That says, I, we pray that daddy, was my gets, last one was your last born." Yeah. said, we pray that daddy gets a better job. What do you do <laughs> yes. with that over the years when they they've had to pay a price and the film really shows, um, that price. You were in exile in the United States for, is it eight months, nine months? For eight months, yeah. Eight months during Boniface's campaign when he was uh, uh, buying in 2017. Your home, you've been under threat and you were in exile because you were under threat because there were death threats against him directly, against him and against you and the kids, which is just unthinkable. But Mm -hmm. and yet it was your reality. How did you balance your care for your children in the midst of a campaign that is, like you just said, fighting for all children, for all of Kenya, and yet you have your three that God has given you, how do you manage yeah. that?
1: Now it's my turn to drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that, that's not a light question, is it? <laughs>
1: uh-uh. So that was, the, I think, has been the by far the greatest challenge I have ever had to live with because leaving my husband in the middle of campaign and then not telling my children why we were leaving, Mm. it was not supposed to be that long. It was supposed to be like two, maybe three months at most. And then we went uh, towards Christmas. So I told them we're going to have a a white Christmas, Mm. but they did not see the rush that we left in because it, it all happened so fast. By the time we got our visas, got a plane and left, it all happened so fast, but it I, I shielded them from all that and when we got there just trying to get them settled in we stayed with some friends and it was you know they really did not notice anything maybe when they grow up they'll tell me you know we knew what what was (laughs) happening right but I really tried to protect them um, not to feel the fear and not to feel um, that we had been pulled out of our normal lives for God knows how long and even by the time I was deciding that let me take them to school just so that I, I, they have a sense of normal life. I was trying to say, Oh, now we're here. Let's go and to school and see what it's like learning in school before we go back home. You know,
0: mm-hmm. it's a
1: different experience, experience, a different culture. Let's just go and try it out.
0: Mm-hmm. And they were
1: excited. And I think I lost myself in that time because I, I could not be with my husband yeah. During this campaign period which we were doing for the very first time and then I I was really trying to protect my children. I was just checking on them like this like are you okay? Are you fine? Right. Constantly you know, taking the was, temperature,
0: huh? like it's like yes, you're taking a temperature, like temperature this, of their spirit. Come here, come here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Constantly.
0: Yeah.
1: And I had so many sleepless nights. So, mm. I'm not an alcoholic, so I binge-watched TV. I watched <laughs> all kinds of series. What did you I watch? I watched Grey's Anatomy. I watched Scandal. I watched oh um, Hawaii Five O. Oh
0: my goodness! And you
1: know they are like twenty two episode, no, twenty two series. Right. I think so. Especially- by the time you're going into an episode, I I watched a lot of them, and I really struggled speaking with my husband. Really struggled to connect because he was also running very long days, and by the time he was he, we could speak, he was so tired. There mm. are times I just held the phone and he'd fall asleep. And just to hear him breathe, I'm like, okay, at least he's alive.
0: We're not talking,
1: but he's breathing. He's on the other end. And it was really hard. And he also was not able to talk to the children. Mm. And sometimes I tell him, please, please, please just call the children and say hi. And when you do, don't be distracted. Like just two minutes, just two minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: And even that was not easy. Mm. Yeah, even that was hard. And I didn't know until I saw the film how bad it was for our firstborn. Yeah, really. Really, what and surprised you? What did you see in that film that was a surprise to you? Father's Day. Mm, and yeah. then he didn't know what to say, and he wrote me a card instead. Yeah. And and Soko asks him, why did you write, mom? It's Father's Day. Then he said, hmm, I don't know. He shrugged it off. Yeah. And I could see him really struggle so much, and he was angry at his dad. Maybe yeah. he knew. What was happening. Yeah. But then he also did not want to tell me.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. He's protecting you as well. It's incredible how kids, um, you've raised an incredible son who could at least intuitively know I need to take care of mom. And I, yeah, because he didn't ask. Yeah. And,
1: and, and he never mentioned it, you know? Mm. He never mentioned it. So until I saw it. And I thought, oh my God, have I really taken care of these children? Mm. Are they okay? Yeah. Yet I had given my life to be, to make sure that they're, they have the best, because this is what his dad wants for them. This is what we want for them to have the best life.
0: Yeah, of course. And now
1: I'm like, are we failing in this? Mm -hmm. Are we not giving our children Mm -hmm. the best that we can? Mm -hmm. And for him, running for office was an attempt to really achieve that thing. We don't want to go and live somewhere to be citizens of the world out there because our home is not, you know, we can't live there. Yeah, yeah. It does not support us. (laughs)
0: I was just thinking how, you know, what you said is so so touching because I think you're in the holiday season and parents are buying gifts and buying toys. And here you and Boniface in this film are fighting for human rights. That that's what you want to give your kids. And so yeah. the price yeah. it's gonna cost you is running for office, it's gonna cost you death threats, it's gonna cost you exile, it's gonna cost you a father's day without your father being there with you. It's an extraordinary price to pay and um as you reflect on it, as you saw some of those images in the film that tell your story, any regrets? Anything that you think, uh, I mean, as parents, we're so hard on ourselves, you know, we're always second guessing our decisions, but I don't know, anything you would do differently?
1: I don't know. It's, the regrets I have are not of what we have done um, yeah. for the family. It's that this country has made us, we've lost so much. Yeah. My children have lost their growing up years with their father. Mm. I have lost my husband,
0: Yeah, you
1: know, times that we could have spent together. Those are times that we have given to this country. Uh, sometimes begrudgingly, you know, we've yeah. been called off when from bed to go to the, um, the police station because there's violation we've we've cut some holidays short we have completely just removed some holidays because we couldn't go we had planned to go but we can't go because there's something that's happening yeah. so for me when i think about the cost it's very personal and it's private even
0: yeah
1: because yeah. then you you deny yourself the pleasures because there's something more important yeah mm-hmm. and when we say that you have to keep your phone switched off at night we're like, but what if somebody calls and they need you? Yeah, like really need you.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Well, like we can't save everyone. Yeah. But what of those few we can save? So yeah, maybe don't switch off your phone. Then we're like, no, switch off your phone. <laughs> you know, oh, so you'll never sleep. Days, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. Yeah, there are yeah. days we think like that, and we're like, well, we we we're not God. We we re, we are reminded of our limitations, and
0: yeah. what
1: we can do. And that we're not the only ones also because there's also other um, other defenders out there that are doing incredible work, yeah? yeah. So it's not just... The story of Softi is not just the story of Boniface Mwangi and his family. It's the story of activists, not just in Kenya, not just in this region, but across the world. And some have lost their lives, have paid so dearly, they paid with their lives. Yeah. And then what happens to their families? And it's a call for us as citizens of... Different countries to really stand with these activists and protect them because they are fighting for their good.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit more about that. That cost. You know, there's a point where you ask Boniface in the film. You, you talk about this exact thing, the cost, and he's like, "I'm not afraid to die." And, he, and he's challenge him and say, "But my well being is connected to your life." Um, And you ask a very powerful question that really stunned me. You say, you know, what if you're dying? God forbid, is a waste. You know, I I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, But I was just thinking about how when my husband and I are in bed, these are not the conversations we have. (laughs) You know, the conversations we have are about maybe (laughs) paying the school fees or it's about, you know, I don't know, my brother and, and, you know, or my job or something like that. And I was thinking, these guys, their pillow talk is about the cost of life <laughs> and what's worth it, what's worth living for, what's worth dying for. Do you guys ever get a respite from this? Are there ever times where, you, like, what do you talk about for fun? What are the things that you do just
1: to <laughs> have a laugh? No, we have a very normal, okay, normal is. Normal-ish, normal-ish. normal Let's say normal, yeah. Because, because for me, it has, because has changed over time. Given what we have had to deal with, what we've had to live through. So it's changed uh, with the seasons. And Mm -hmm. I keep telling myself, this is the new normal. Yeah. For all of the world, this is the new normal, having these kinds of meetings on Zoom. Right. So, yes, we do have normal conversations about did you go to the store? Did you pick the stuff up? Did (laughs) Did you you buy milk? Does
0: he get in (laughs) trouble for buying milk and stuff? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sugar is over. I I told you to pass by the store and get some sugar you know we still have those conversations yeah and that you know the car is broken down we need to get back to the mac and stuff so we do but then we also have these kind of conversations we've talked about death Mm -hmm. i have had to talk to my children about death and try Mm -hmm. and explain to them the separation and what that means and how painful it is but you can't explain pain yeah you it's pain is something you would feel and i tell them what that would feel like and i the time that I did because I was really afraid that I might die because Mm -hmm. they might come for me. They may get through to my husband through me by then eliminating me or that he might die. Yeah. In one of those threats. And I'm like, he might die. And I wanted the children to know that if, if somebody dies, they were so young Mm -hmm. that you will not see them again. You will not laugh with them again. You will be left with memories of them. So I, I wanted them to know that let's make the most of our times together. Let's not yell at each other. Let's have fun with are together. Let's, let's just, you know, functional understanding, not necessary. That's what I call fun. F-U-N-N.
0: Say that functional again.
1: F- under, fun- functional understanding, not necessary.
0: I just love scream,
1: it. roll on the ground. Just, just be crazy. Yeah. Um, because then you, when you're alone and the other person is not there, You hear, you see, they're crazy. You see Mm -hmm. their eyes rolling, Mm -hmm. yeah. You see their eyes so wide open, laughing their (laughs) lungs out, right? Yeah, their hair standing in all directions, and and that and you remember those good moments. Mm -hmm. So let's let's stock up. Let's stock up on those good moments because we never know. And and we are we are living in such difficult times. Um, Even the shrinking democratic space. Even expressing ourselves is, is, it's, it's fought for, it's fought. People are being arrested, you know, yeah, yeah. and being threatened to shut up.
0: I'm, I'm so sorry that you've had to have those conversations, that you've had to have a real plan. It's like, you've had a strategy that's different than what most normal parents have to have. Mm-hmm. But I'm also very touched by the way that you are preparing your kids. Your, your kids were with you at my house last year and they definitely yeah. are high energy yeah. They yeah. had fun. They had never been to my house, but you wouldn't know they <laughs> were like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be there. We're going to play this game. Do you remember? It was so, yes, I it was do. like, most kids they are a, a bit so shy. Tall. Yeah. They no. most kids are shy sometimes when they come to No, your kids. They just, and it must be because you've taught them. Yeah. Enjoy life. Enjoy moments. Enjoy each other because they also seem to have a very special kinship. There was some very tender yes. Between yes. them in the film as well that were just really beautifully captured. Um, Soko really did a beautiful, the justice by your children, I think, in the way he portrayed both it their did. laughter and their their softness. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it was really really incredible. And you know, when we think about when you started filming to now, you know, and also when you started your human rights work and the, you know the post-election violence, there was you, you share that. There's some really powerful images and, and explanation around what that cost Kenya in 2007 to now. What are the changes in Kenya? that both create hope for you, make you hopeful for the future? And what are the changes that make you, just give you pause where you just have to think, you know, remind you that your work is still ongoing?
1: I think we made some great gains. Uh, We had, we have an amazing constitution. Yes. But I've had more um, loss of breath, if I may call it, with the, with this, the last few years, yeah, I feel like we've lost on those gains, or the things that we had hoped for, are such a pipe dream, and I don't know if and when they will be delivered because the leadership, the the crop of leadership that we have continued to get, has not been the kind that that we hoped for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so life has continued to get worse for a lot of people. Uh, running a business has become next to is almost impossible as well. Then the taxes have just kept growing. Monopoly of power. And, you know, people will do anything. And I mean anything to keep that power that they finally get when they do get it. But then it, why it, I, mean, I lose my breath is because I'm like, these are the people that we elected. I used to hear yeah. we deserve, the, that the, the leaders are a reflection of who we are. And I hated that statement. Mm. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That that is not my leader. That is not a reflection in any way of of who I am. But then you listen to people and you realize maybe they are a reflection of who we are, sadly. Maybe not a reflection of me and you and a few others, but they're a reflection of who we are because it's people who... Who are we praising? When these thieves come to public rallies and they say things, we shout and we come out in numbers and we support them. But why? When they come for elections, we're not asking them, what are you going to do? We want whatever they will throw at us, breadcrumbs and you know, leftovers. And mm-hmm. then they go back into office. Yet we still elect these people. The people that have come, when we ran for office, we said, these are the issues we want to change when we get into office. Yeah, My husband said, this is what... And he listed a number of things. Yeah. I even told him, you need to cut that list. Just <laughs> stick with that. Oh, these are so many. Right. But we listed issues. But Kenyans don't want to engage with these issues. Yet, it's the life that they live. Like we, We've become so poor. We've become so uh, stolen from that even our imagination has been stolen that we dare not hope we dare not dream. Yeah. And that is why we will vote for this den of thieves over and over again, because dare I hope that my life can change. What if it doesn't change? But my question to us is what if it does? Yeah. Are you willing to take that chance with a leader that says they will change things and then they let you, I'd rather they let you down because they can do two things: they could let you down, or they could make it happen.
0: Are they ex- but ex- the other ex- ones yeah. who've been
1: there, yeah, the other ones who've been there have proven time and again that they're not there to serve you in any way. Yes. Yeah, that you have to know someone, and they'll give you breadcrumbs if you do something. That like anything they do for you is a favor. Yet it is a public office; it's supposed to serve you. It's supposed to deliver specific uh, services to you. But we don't even know that. But and we've been hoodwinked, so we've been we've been stolen from, and, and we are abused, we are traumatized, and we dare not hope.
0: Mm.
1: Me, that's what scares me, that mm. we have lost our imagination, we, we've, we're not dreaming, we dare yeah. not dream, yeah.
0: And, you know, I think that's a sentiment that I think a lot of us around the world are feeling. You know, we are in, in Kenya here, you know, um, 65 years removed from independence in the U.S., 65 years removed from the civil rights legislation that was so critical in Ethiopia, we're you know, 20 some years removed from dictatorship and communism. And we start to forget. We start to you start to be satisfied with the status quo yeah. and in all yeah. of these places you can see there is this res- there is a resistance there is a group yeah, there is. Saying we want more we want different yeah. but the cost we're being asked to pay is I think where we pause where we don't need to say am I willing yeah. to pay the cost for this yeah. am I willing yeah. to you know for the diaspora am I willing to come back home and invest Am I willing to take a step to to come back yeah. and commit to my country? And so hearing you talk, Jerry, hearing your passion, are we gonna see you vying also in 2022? Is there any <laughs> chance that you'll be somebody we can
1: look to? Me? It's like be like on the ballot? That's, oh yes, no, you. No, no. I you see the thing is my husband is running for office. It's official. Yes, 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 it is. He said he's running okay, for office. Okay. Unless he takes that back, um, okay. I don't know, but I, I have had him say in in several forums that he is running for office, and same seat MP for Starehe. Okay. So I, for that reason, I I find it very hard because of the way politics is done in this country for us to go into a campaign trail in different places. Sure. Because. My yeah, children yeah. are, my, my heart is yeah. all over the place yeah. and I cannot imagine what that would do to my family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm like, I'd rather we support this and make the difference there and make it so good that people all over the country are saying, we want a leader like Boniface. Yeah. You see what he's yeah. done in We were, Can you do what Boniface doing in Starehe? Mm. Then mm-hmm. get out. Yeah. And if they vote for somebody, and that somebody in one year is not doing the right thing, they're like, uh, uh, "You can't tell us. You can't do. We've seen Bonnie has done it. Bonnie's a human being like you. Why are you not doing it?" Yeah. So I'd rather yeah. we do that there, then I don't know. Maybe, yeah. may, maybe I don't know. But definitely, definitely. You're not young. You're young. Yes, I am also Anything. young. Anything also is possible. Young. You remember, yeah, the back Piper. I am turning forty tomorrow. As young oh. as I. Oh yeah. Birthday. happy birthday are you oh, celebrating got you got, oh, time. got time i got time i got time i got time i said the things i wanted to do for my 40th birthday even if i don't do them now even if it's three years i will celebrate my 40th birthday in three years or two absolutely. years or whatever. absolutely absolutely okay. how are you going to yeah. spend
0: tomorrow though what are
1: you going to do you have plans oh I've, I've been told not to make any plans so all the plans i have made have been okay and, uh, We'll tell you what to do. We'll tell you where to be. I'm like, okay. Yes, Fantastic. ma'am. You yes, deserve that. Children.
0: You deserve yeah. that. You deserve a day for somebody just to take care of you. Oh, that's awesome. Happy birthday. Thank uh, you. Thank so much more. I want to ask you, I think that, um, we've come actually to a good place to stop, even though I, I could ask you more. So I want to ask you, will you come back on a fruit? Can we have another conversation? And oh, if yeah, you yeah, ask, okay. Because yes, I have yes, so much yes, more yes, I want yes. to ask you and so much more I want to talk about, but I think, um, just ending on this note of so much as possible. Don't let anyone steal your imagination. Don't let them steal your hope. It's a really powerful reminder why human rights matter. I mean, human rights matter because it is personal. It's our families, it's our communities, it's us as women, as as young people, as as Pan-Africans. So maybe the last question I can just ask you is, I wanna get back to what we talked about at the very beginning. It's the holiday season. It's people are thinking about how to give. How can we get involved? Where can we give our money? Where can we give our time? Give, give us some pointers about how we can give human rights this holiday season to others.
1: There are some initiatives out there. So there's some people that are looking out that look for these things. They, you, you are, you're fishing for them. Find them and give money towards those causes. If you're in a place where you don't know where what those kind of things are, then create something. And it, like I said when I started, you don't have to be in the front line. Look around you. Is it the watchman in your, in your hood? Is it a children's home near where you live? What can you do for them? Um, because this year has been a tough year, a really tough year for everybody. But some of us are – it has not been as bad as for others, right? And it's just – don't consider yourself how bad it's been for you. Just take this time to give. Give to those around you. Um, the Human Rights Defenders Coalition uh, gives to activists. Yeah? Yes. And they're trying to build a home. And they're trying to build a home where they can you know, give to... We as Kenyans can give back to the activists. It's not by paying their rent, it's not by doing all those things. It would be nice if they could, but that's not <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> they want to create a place where they can uh, take care of activists uh, emotionally, psychologically, and provide a safe place, but also just uh, advice and train how we can be active citizens of this country. So anything that would go to the Defenders Coalition, they're doing hikes, they're doing, they, they have a climb to Kilimanjaro, so you can give to that. But most of all, look around. Just look around. Don't go far. Just look around you and do something for somebody. It's not how many people you do it for. It's the few that you do it to that makes a difference. So spread the cheer by just doing something unique, something different that you haven't done. And let it be the start, not the only time. Like let this Christmas, this holiday season extend into into the coming year.
0: Fantastic. Oh, I love that. And the Human Rights Defenders, I really came to know them a bit more during Saba Saba this year. So, Jerry, Softy, the film is such an extraordinary documentary. It's gotten so much great uh, attention and feedback and response. How can people watch it if they haven't yet? Tell us where we can find the film.
1: So it just finished the cinema runs in Kenya, but follow us on Softy the film on, on all our social media handles, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and you will know how you can watch it, but if you're in the UK or in the US, you can watch it on PBS POV and, um, on, in the UK, I think it's, gosh, let me not lie about that. No, but that's okay. I'll put UK- it in
0: the show notes. I'll put it yeah. in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, as you're Thank listening you. to this, check out the, the details below. Uh, you can find that I'll make sure to link it up there so people can find it. It is absolutely worth your yeah. time. And it's, uh, just an, an amazing accomplishment. So. We've
1: been nominated for the Oscars, so we're trying to do an Oscars push. Oh, yeah. You're, when, when did you find out? Tell me about that. Oh, gosh. I think we I think
0: it's. We found out a month or two, a month and a half. Wow, because so, I, I know I've each for a while. Each country can nominate like one or two films a year, something like that, right?
1: So the, there's, there's criteria for winning. Mm-hmm. And so we went, we kept, we first were nominated, we were listed, then you go getting the criteria and then now you're in the final list. Okay so for us, for the final list for us, we're now officially in that list.
0: Wow. And Congratulations. <sighs> it's That's amazing. So it's when do you find out? Awesome. At the Oscars. Or you'll find at out the Oscars. at the Oscars.
1: Ah uh, mm-hmm. we'll be watching know, and cheering. Oh That's so awesome. <laughs> our breath. Like how? So for me it's very humbling. I'm like yeah. It's just me and my family like, like if you look at all the stories that have been told in films mm-hmm. they're mind blowing yeah mm-hmm. and so for me for, for this to even be considered for the oscars mm-hmm. wow it's, oh, it's but I you've made explain. us so
0: proud you've made us so proud and i i don't know did do you did you feel any sense of validation i mean you have your critics you have those people who push yeah. back you know it's i think anybody in the public eye will always have that, but I don't know. Did does this bring some? Has sharing this story with the broader public and you know people who don't know you personally who only know your name, have you felt you know a different connection to people or some validation through
1: this process? It's it's completely done so because when people say that they watched it and the real past, the real hero, it is why this film was made because I wanted you to see yourself in it. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to see your husbands in it. I wanted you to see your children in it. So being a better wife, being a better husband, being a better mother, being a better friend Mm -hmm. yeah, to your family um, and that people are able to see themselves. For me, I was like, this is why I wanted this film to be done this is why yeah. i was willing to tell my story to share my life mm. because by sharing my life i have shared the lives of so many people yeah and and for me to them is we matter we count we are yeah. making a difference we are there
0: yeah
1: if is you that- think if you think that i am valid that i am there that i am doing an important work so are you because yeah. me and you are the same as wives yeah. as mothers
0: yeah, yeah. I love, there's a part where Boniface is looking for sugar or cooking oil or something. And I think Nate comes and helps him find it. Yeah. And you're right. It yeah. just shows, it shows it's everybody. It's every father who goes yeah. in there trying to cook something yeah. is like, ah, where's the, you know,
1: and I have no idea. Yeah, It was very humanizing. And, and, yeah. and Jabal is saying, Siri, how do you make cereal? And she's so serious. <laughs> I, was like, oh <laughs> I, love my gosh. I love
0: it. Yeah. I love oh, it. No, it's, you're right. And, and were the kids? How did they feel about the film? Have they watched the whole well, thing?
1: Yeah, they they watched it the first time. They watched it. They really cried. They oh. really really cried because oh, I think for all of us, we saw each other in ways we had not seen. We were revealed to each other in ways that we had tried to cover. They saw me struggle. They saw me cry. They saw their father struggling as well. We saw them struggling in ways we had not seen because Soko was able to come into each of our lives. And he's a personal friend to all of us, like separately, and then yeah. to all of us as a family. Mm-hmm. So he had had the privilege of walking into those personal private spaces. And he asked us questions that we, about what we were dealing with and what we were struggling with. So it was very difficult for them to watch it. But also it, it told them a lot about what, who we are and what we do yeah. and why we do what we do. Yeah. And it has really helped the way we have our conversations. Mm. And they understand better what we do. Um, and they've also, they're also very bold. Yeah? I told them, you, cannot, you can never stand in the face of injustice. Mm. You, you never stand and, and say nothing. So even when we're in, in the car, like recently I was stopped by the, a policeman and he told me to get out. Then my daughter said, no, 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 don't get out. Tell her what we want to know what the problem is.
0: <laughs> She's a human rights defender already Oh gosh, yes, yes
1: yes. And That's of course the funny. policeman just said It's okay, it's okay I just wanted to know, we had to see The taillight, but it's fine I <laughs> I like, sound, It sounds like she handled that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she got it And I was like, you just saved me Because when the policeman calls you out of your car He wants to bribe you And he, could, he can't do that when you're there So yes. if you're in the car and the, driver, and the policeman asks the driver to get out you tell them you want you all want to know what the problem is to just say it because you're all in this car.
0: That's amazing. I'm I'm looking forward to following her on Twitter one day and yeah, <laughs> See,
1: right? yeah, seeing how that she'll tiring.
0: she'll continue yeah. the work. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Jerry, where can people find you? On social media, where can they find you? Where can they find the work of Power Two Five Four? Give us some some handles to follow.
1: Our website for power is power, P A W 254org and my personal, uh, and you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on the same handle, and on Instagram. For myself, it's Jerry Khan, Jerry K A N, on Twitter and on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's Jerry K Mwangi. That's so clever, Jerry Khan. Okay, okay, so my dad is called
0: Kanyede. Okay, so it is actually part of your name.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, it it works so well together. It does
0: work very well.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and you can also follow us as Throttle Queens. We're about road safety, this being the festive season as well. Let's be responsible how we show up on our roads as a cyclist, as a pedestrian, as a driver, as a biker. However, whatever you are on the road, be responsible in how you show up and stay safe and stay alive.
0: Fantastic. Will, Will you take me for a ride sometime?
1: Oh, yes, I will. Now I can hire people. I've
0: never ridden a motorcycle, but I would love to try.
1: I'll come and take you somewhere. Thank you. Just a short, short, short. Just a little, just a taste. For a step, for a step.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jerry, thank you so much for being on Uproot. Um, More than just this time here today, thank you for how you live, for your witness, for your light. You're a light in our community, in our region, in our country. And I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you so much, Lily, for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: There'll be a part two coming, so we'll do that soon. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's do that. All bye, right. Jerry. All right, bye. bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much, Jerry, for being with me today. And listeners, I hope you took As much away from that conversation as I did. Jerry, thank you for your life and your witness and for everything that you do to protect and defend human rights. Listeners, I'd love to hear from you. So give me a shout out. Instagram and Twitter, it's at Uproot and Lil, L-I-L-L, and Facebook, Uproot the Podcast. And if you really want to go old school, you can reach me on email, Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about the human rights defenders i've linked to them in the show notes please check them out they do incredible work and if you'd like to watch the film which is excellent and i highly recommend you can only do so for a limited time so go to softythefilm.com forward slash w-a-t-c-h watch and that softy s-o-f-t-i-e is also linked in the show notes it's worth your time this weekend so did we succeed today Did we bring you some human rights for the second day of Hanukkah and for Christmas? I hope so, because really, that's all I want. That's all I want is a bit more justice. So until we talk next week, keep at it. Keep at serving your community. Keep on exercising your right to defend others. Keep at human rights until it gets rooted. Talk to you next week, and thank you for listening.